Welcome in to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D-Mendy here, joined by Marty Party, joined by a Little Cheesecake and the Doc. Fellas, we are complete tonight after we were down at Doc. Doc, how are you feeling? You know, better not 100%. Uh, if I was a running back, though, in the NFL, I'd probably be cleared for a concussion protocol. Yeah, I, I don't know why you went to an Orioles game last weekend at, right when you were still in the concussion I wanted protocol. to test to see if I felt better. And, why would you uh, do that of all things to test it? You should have, like, watched TV or, or like, done something. You said you well, couldn't I, watch I watch TV most days. Like, I can't just do nothing. Mm-mm. Marty Party, the sensible one on this podcast here. He has a fresh baby face for those watching on YouTube. Don't even recognize the man. Marty Party has a big week ahead as he's closing on his house in tomorrow. Tomorrow. How, how, are the, how are the nerves? What are we feeling right now? Good, man. I wrote out a, a way too large, the, probably the largest check I've ever uh, written. I did that this morning, so that was a little <laughs> hard to do. But uh, D-Mendy, Cheesecake, Doc, it's great to be here. I'm glad all, all three of us or all four of us are here for this uh, for the show. That's right. Big things happening in the world of Marty Party and LC. What's new in the world of cheesecake? Is there anything going on here? Um, I'm learning how how sore you get when you play actual like two on two and three on three basketball again. Oh, the basketball uh, still going. Yeah. I, oh my god. I, I'm playing even more. I played two on two last night. I came home. I had a guy bumped into my knee, so I have a bruise on my knee. My hips hurting a little bit. I'm pissed because I missed two layups last night. You know, it's it's one of those <laughs> it's one of those things. I'm I'm I, I'm enjoying it, but then I come back I come back here and it's it's potty training Jacob and 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 looking at him going Jacob, do you have to go to the potty? No, nah, I'm good. He walks in the other room, poops in his pants like oh. right away. It's like oh, this is this is not something that like my brain was meant to, to tackle someone <laughs> someone better than me could tackle this one so you got two sides of this basketball We're, poop what a combination so what about when, you when, Mandy? how is eating a bunch of pizza <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask something about the basketball stuff first really quick with with the pass or when you missed the layups was it off a beautiful pass or was it you just drove and missed the layup because the worst is when someone gives you a beautiful pass and then you miss the layup um, there were, uh, there was one where I had a great seal. I sealed the defender person threw a perfect pass to me. The seal was perfect. I go right up and I didn't use the backboard. I was just trying to like get it over the rim and I just sailed completely over the rim, hit nothing, anything at all. And like all this work I got, I did to get this great shot. And I airball when I could, I could have just gone off the backboard. I really, I should have just gone off the backboard. Uh, but you know, this is, this is, uh, this is me not having played for a while. Fatigue set in. That's Fatigue right. Fatigue set in. Absolutely. I felt like I was going to puke when I was out there. <laughs> Use the glass. Use the glass. That's right. The glass is your friend. Um, pizza was good. 
Uh, definitely felt a, for those that don't know on the triple play YouTube channel, you can watch me take on Pete and Elda's pizza challenge. Did that yesterday. Uh, did the first six slices of the eight in about five minutes and it felt pretty good. And then I just hit a wall. I, I don't know if it's because I had barely eaten all day trying to, to save my stomach for it. I don't know if it's because I walked eight miles golfing before that. And I just like was so dehydrated, but like, I just felt like a just, all the grease and cheese just like hit me like crazy. Mm-hmm. So it took me another 10 minutes to eat the last two slices, but we got it done. We got a t-shirt and I got to tell you guys, if you ever have a chance to make it up to Neptune, that pizza is really, really good. It's super thin, but it's mm-hmm. like uh, famous on the East coast. Everybody knows. I think that Pete and Elda's pizza because Dave Portnoy did a review on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's good stuff. But between pizza, basketball, houses, and concussions. <laughs> what a way to open the show here. Let's talk some baseball. Let's go in and let's get things going with the triple play fantasy rundown. Here we go. <laughs> I always never have my, my button. That was a good up. stall, though. I thought you were going to have it, but... I, I was almost there. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Players over the last week that have been making noise, kicking things off with Jake the Snake Fraley. His last seven games, not too great, a 167, 348, 500 slash line, but he has been putting up some stats. Two home runs, five RBIs, seven runs, five walks to six strikeouts, and a stolen base. But keep in mind, two basically two games was the production that you're seeing here as he had two games in the three game series against the Pittsburgh pirates last week where he hit 500 had six hits in that series, two home runs, five RBIs, five walks and a stolen base in those and two of those games. Uh, but he has some things that are interesting, a 25% O swing rate, which is ob- uh, better than league average. So he's not chasing too much and a great contact rate just in general this season. Marty Party, Jake Freely, I think, has been one of the top pickups over the last week here. But talking pre-show, and there might be some cold water on picking up Jake Freely. Yeah, I mean, if you're like in a deep league, why not pick him up? But, you know, our norm, us normal folk, you know, in the 10, 12-team leagues, he's not he's not even worth a look. He sat his last two games. And the reason is he cannot hit lefties. So if there's ever a lefty on the schedule, he will not be batting. On the season, he's batting 105 versus lefties, uh, versus 274 versus righties. Uh, so he's a platoon bat at best. And at the end of the day, he's still Jake Freely. So, um, yeah, no thanks. That's a very nice way to put it. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no thanks. No, thank you. It's okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I picked him up in our 12-team home league, and he definitely helped that one game basically made up a whole week of production for him. Uh, the two games, I think he had like 23 points just from those two games in our points league, but you did mention you look at the box score and you're like, why is he not playing? And there you said it right there. It's a lefty. So yep. he's a matchups play and somebody that you have to look ahead of the schedule who they're going to face. I think if you're going to use him so that's yeah, like Jake in, a, in a date in a head to head league or like, you know, with daily moves, it's fine. Or again, like if you're in a league where it's weekly moves, but you see that they're maybe they're going against five righties, right? Yeah. That you're like, okay, like then I'll, he'll play five games next week. I can trust that. His next player, Stone Garrett, call him The Rock. Looks like The Rock, Stone. That's feel like it fits. 400, 400, 600 slash line. Zero home runs, one RBI, three runs. This is over four games. He's only played in four games, according to his player page. I, I don't know if he got sent down. I have to actually double check that. I should have looked before putting him on the rundown here. But 
in the limited time so far, he's got three multi-hit games in his first four games. Very small sample, but he's playing for the Arizona Diamondbacks right now who are pretty much, if you're playing and you're producing, you're going to play. They're way out of the playoff picture, trying to get young guys some opportunities here. So Stone Garrett, if you're if you need uh, if you need you know to pick somebody up in a pinch, I don't think there's worse options than him. I just wouldn't be able to rely on him long term. Um, he's still with the he's still with the big league club though. Just to okay. answer that question, mm-hmm. uh, yep. was the was the last day he played the twenty third? Uh, actually, he didn't play the twenty third. He sat the twenty third and the twenty fourth, but he played on the twenty first and he bat fifth. Um, and he went two for three with a run. That's why I think I got confused because mm-hmm. I saw he hadn't played the last two days. So that's why I was. I was curious, but again, somebody that if you're in a really deep league, maybe you take a shot at and definitely not touch it in 10 or 12 team leagues. This next player though, it might be the complete opposite because he's been like the hottest pickup in fantasy over the last couple of weeks here. That's Lars Nukbar, who over the last seven days at 348, 571, 783 slash two home runs, six RBIs, 11 runs, 11 walks to four strikeouts. Now he's leading off against right-handed pitching and he's hitting ninth against lefties, uh, just because of his splits. O swing only twenty percent, very good O swing with a league average Z contact percentage. His exit velocities and max EVs are also up a couple miles per hour than it was last season. Doc Lars Newbar looks like he's the real deal right now, and he's playing for a team in the Arizona Cardinals, or he's getting a chance to to lead off with Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt and. Uh, you know, even the resurgent Albert Pujols, all of a sudden, who's slugging everything right Does now. Does he really have to retire? I, I know. I hope he doesn't. But, uh, I mean, he's getting a chance to lead off a good chunk of games right now. I feel like if even in 12-team leagues, he has to be rostered right now. Yeah, and just a little bit of foreshadowing, he's going to be one of my streamers this week because he's, un- he's owned in less than 50% of leagues. But, I mean, David, you said it, the splits there. Um, 195 against lefties, 258 against righties, but he started every day since July 24th. And they've kind of had a rotation with Tyler O'Neill sitting occasionally, Nolan Gorman sitting occasionally, Paul DeYoung, now that he's done with his hot stretch, like LC said, we know who he is. He's going to get plenty of RBIs and uh, run opportunities hitting in that lineup. And I look at some of the metrics, his walk percentage is at a career high at 16%. He cut his K rate down from 24.7% last year that he, or earlier this year, they'd add in triple play or triple A. He's only 24 years old, so he's relatively young, but I would definitely add him if he's still available. All right. I got a nickname, Lars Newtbar, Swedish candy. Swedish candy. Doesn't it sound like a candy bar? Get the Lars Newtbar. You That's the name of baseball. It. He, uh, I think he has a candy bar named after him. What? Yeah. He, uh, I remember hearing this last year. Uh, I'm pretty sure Lars Newbar candy bar. You type it in on Google. He patented it. The Lars Newbar Newt bar. Mm. (laughs) It's, it's dark Dutch chocolate and cookie wafer topped with toffee chunks. And yeah, I think that's what it is. We got to get some of these. It's a Dutch origin last name. Okay, so he's not Swedish. So he's Dutch candy. Dutch candy. <laughs> Dutch, Dutch candy. <laughs> Dutch candy, Lars New. I'm hungry now. I don't know about you guys. Man, that sounds, sounds delicious. delicious. <laughs> I'd order some pizza, David. Uh, you said you ordered some pizza? I said you should. Uh, I, I'm okay without pizza for a couple more days. Shay Langoliers, our next player on the rundown here, catcher slash DH for the Oakland Athletics, one of the top 
catching prospects in all of baseball. Over his last seven days, a 273, 292, 636 slash line, one home run, five RBIs, three one, uh, runs to a walk and nine strikeouts. He has a 53% uh, Z contact this season, which is one of the worst in baseball. Keep in mind, league average is somewhere near close to 80%. I believe high 70s is the normal Z contact. So he is literally, when it's in the zone, only making contact about 50% of the time and striking out 42% of his at-bats right now. And something that's troubling is he's whiffing on 61% of the fastballs coming at him. And if you're a major league hitter, you have to be able to hit the fastball because you see many hitters that can hit fastballs and can't hit breaking pitches. But if you can't hit the fastball, you're going to struggle. And uh, right now he is having definitely some, some strikeout problems, obviously very early on in his career. He has hit safely in five of the seven games he's played over the last seven with six extra base hits over that time, playing every day either DHing if Sean Murphy's behind the plate or catching if Sean Murphy's going to DH. So he's getting playing time. I think it comes down to how much do you need a second catcher in your lineup? He's definitely not somebody you're putting in at your first catcher spot in a 12 team, like one catcher league. Anything with two catchers though, he's going to give you some hits. Obviously in Roto, he's a little bit better because the strikeouts don't matter as much, but anything outside of like a 15 team, two catcher league, I can't see rostering him at this point in the season. That's just uh, how I kind of see it with Shea Langoliers here. Doc sticks, Tristan McKenzie kicking off our pitching. His last start, seven innings, six hits, a two forty seven ERA zero walks to 14 strikeouts. That's a quite a line. One of the lowest whips of any starting pitcher in baseball. I think it's at 0.96, three straight starts of two earned runs or less. And my question to you, I think all three of those starts, he's gone at least six innings. Is he hitting his stride? Is this someone we can trust rest of season? So first of all, isn't his name String Bean? No, it's Sticks. It's Sticks. Gotcha. So he's 25 years old, and the main thing that's held him back is durability. And he's on pace to throw a career high in innings right now. He's at 141.2. He hit through 143 in single A ball in 2017. Now, what I think the biggest difference from him is he drastically lowered his walk percentage. Last year, is at 11.7%, and this year, it's 6.4%. Because his K percentage actually dropped as well, but I think he's going longer in the games because he's attacking the strike zone early. Excuse me. Um, he's being more confident in his stuff. Um, you know, I think he's, he's learned how to handle his body better. Looks like he's put on a little bit of weight since last year. I mean... A seven inning, two earns, 14 Ks, no walks against the White Sox, one of the good hitting offenses. He's gone at least five innings pitched in the last nine outings. So you got to roll with a hot stretch. Yeah, Tristan McKenzie's probably somebody in 12 teamers. Is He's definitely rostered. 15 teamers, I would think he probably is too. I haven't seen him in any free agents in any leagues I've been in, but he's been hot one of the top players over the last week. So if there's any chance he's out there on the wire, this type of upside from a, a guy like him, especially for the Cleveland Guardians, you have to make sure he's rostered. So um, again, probably he's already picked up in your league, I'm sure if you're listening, but if there's a chance he's out there, you got to pick him up. And the Guardians are fighting for a playoff spot too. They're not going to bench him. Yeah, did you say he's already at a career high in innings, Doc? So he threw 143 in single A in 2017, and he's at 141.2 right now. What did he throw last year? 120. So maybe you say he has like 170 innings roughly in his yeah, arm. So, so. He, he started 24 games last year, and he started 22 this year. So he's been more efficient with his pitch count. 
All right. Let's move to the next one then. Matt Manning. Marty on the show. She, or Marty and <laughs> closed door said, I'm not touching any more Detroit Tigers after last week's rant. But Marty, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I dug into Matt Manning today. Last two starts, 13 innings, eight hits, a .69 ERA. This factored in today's start too because I he was pitching as I made the graphics. Yep. And uh, one walk to 14 strikeouts over that time. Now I looked in his last few starts here. He threw 35% sliders in this start through 28% sliders in his last start. Both obviously have been amazing outings. And the velocity over the, his last three starts, 94.8, 94.9, and 93.9 average miles per hour with his four-seam fastball. That's the, he averaging, he's averaging right now uh, just about like high, I believe it's like low 93s on the season. So he's had pretty much added like one and a half to two ticks on his fastball over these last few starts here. And the slider really seems like it's playing uh, to his advantage right now. Cause you look on the season, there was one other outing where he threw his slider in this basically around this percentage. It was, I believe August 2nd against the twins. He gave up three earned runs in five innings. I, I think he got the win in that outing, if I'm not mistaken as well, but those are the only three outings this year. He's thrown at least 27% sliders. If you look at a lot of the rest of his starts, they're pretty much like in the low teens, high mid like low, high mid teens ish area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering if him throwing a slider along with this little bump in velo, we might have somebody that's worth picking up the rest of the season in 12 team leagues. I'm impressed, but I got to ask the Tigers fan, what are your thoughts? Well, and you'll notice in each one of those um, outings where he does throw a slider more, he gets more whiffs than he's ever got. You know, um, more the swinging strikes are double digits each time out. Today, another stellar start. Six innings pitch, shutout versus the Giants. He had eight Ks. And, um, you know, cautiously optimistic, as any Tigers fan should be. He's what we thought Mize was maybe going to be, you know. Um, but, um, hey, we'll, we'll take it. Matt Manning has been on a roll. I told my buddy today to pick him up for our home league, and he did because I'm I'm fighting against – I want to get a, a to be top two, you know, that way I get a bye week in my head-to-head league. And I was like, dude, pick him up. You know, I want, I'm trying to beat this guy. So, and he did that and it worked out really well. So yeah, Matt Manning, you know, nothing but positivity from me today for the Tigers. All right. There we go. I like it. Marty, let's stay with you. Let's talk about Johnny Cueto. There we go. Last start, (laughs) 8.2 innings, almost got the complete game. Five hits, no runs allowed, one walk, only two strikeouts. He's not K'd five batters or more in his last six starts. So it's been four or less in his last six starts. But he has at least seven innings in five of his last six with a reasonable whip and a low walk rate this year. Is he somebody that I don't even want to say you, you pick him in the right matchup because he seems like he's been pretty consistent. Is he somebody you're just throwing out there regardless of matchup and just you have very low expectations for? Well, as you guys know, I've been telling our listeners to pick up Johnny Cueto for the last two months. He is the spiritual leader of the White Sox. He is their MVP um, a few weeks back, he went into the clubhouse and he said, Hey, we need to pick it up, you know? And, and since then, you know, the team's done a little bit better. Um, I mean, his stats over the year are incredible. A 118 innings pitched. He has a 2.58 ERA. He has 15 quality starts on the year. That's more than Aaron Nola. That's more than Dylan Cease. And that's more than Zach Gallen. Wow. moving forward. Here's the schedule. This guy, the white Sox go against the diamondbacks, the Royals twins, Mariners, A's, Rockies at home, then the Detroit Tigers, the Guardians, and then the Tigers uh, ended out there for your playoffs. So uh, cushy schedule. He's been absolutely amazing. Um, I'm playing him in every league right now. 
Johnny Cueto, a must add on your roster if he's out there. He 56% is 56% rostered still. Come on, wake up. Well, no, I just want to say this. Marty had him as a risky business play a couple weeks ago. So let's temper let's temper your <laughs> fandom down a little bit, sir. I don't think that's true. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Well, I the the tapes don't lie. You have, to, you have to have a screenshot of it. All right. LC, let's talk to you, buddy. Luis Garcia, another player I thought would be important to add to the rundown today. Last seven days, nothing crazy. 2.2 innings, three hits, a 3.38 ERA, has a save. But Josh Hader's taken a breather from the closer's mm-hmm. role. And some of the reasons why Luis Garcia could be a useful closer, even if it's just for a week or two. Highest velocity, I'll credit Batflip Crazy, um, our friend Toby, because I heard him list these stats about him. Highest velocity over the last three years for uh, for Luis Garcia and has an 18% swinging strike rate this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty much going to play as a closer. And with Josh Hader, I was listening, uh, and I believe uh, Josh Hader, if I'm not mistaken, had like some problems. I don't know if it was with his wife or his kid uh, back home. So he had like that stuff going on. Yeah, and son. then he obviously is being separated from them being in San Diego when he's not near his family for the first time in his career. Uh, you know, when you're with a different team, there's like a lot of factors that were, I didn't even I had to look it up. And yeah, like there was a lot of kind of stuff going on outside of baseball in his life. So maybe the struggles are to, to breathe or blame for that. But is Luis Garcia LC somebody that if, if you need some saves that you would spend some fab for, even if it's just for a week or two. Yeah, I would fab for Garcia. He's been given, he got the save Saturday, the day that uh, Hader was given a breather Saturday. Melvin said it Saturday. Garcia got the first save opportunity. He converted it Sunday. Another save opportunity. Nick Martinez got that, but it was the second day in a row. So it's, it's as likely that it was just a second day in a row thing. There was a high leverage situation. Um, Non-safe situation, tie game against the Guardians yesterday. Garcia came in for that, gave up a run. Not ideal, but I don't think Hater's coming back. Uh, comeback is imminent. They want him to pitch through this. He still gave up two hits in his only outing since the demotion. Um, another guy, uh, Nick Martinez looks like he could be another guy who might get some saves. Robert Suarez is another one who a lot of people were thinking coming in might be the closer. But I think Garcia is the best bet as he's been given high leverage situations every time he's gone out since a hater's demotion. He didn't convert one, but it was not a safe situation. So um, I think Garcia is the guy right now. I'm with you, Elsie. Garcia could be a valuable source of saves for you as we head into the last month of the season here. Our buddy Albert checking in. Good evening. Good evening to you, sir. Thanks for hanging out and watching the show. The viewership is definitely down. I know it's not across just our show. I know it's across a lot of shows because you're at the point in the baseball season where football starts in two weeks, I believe two weeks from tomorrow night. So like everybody's kind of turning the page to football, but you know, we're here even, you know, for our listeners, for our audience on YouTube, every single week we will have something for you. And that's always a promise. So We've got a bunch more good shows coming up before the end of the season wraps up here. All right, Elsie, you take it away now. Let us go ahead and bring the carts out for Bring Out Your Dead. For the I don't know how manyth time, Lucas Giolito nominated for Bring Out Your Dead, dragged out to the cart it has to be time for a nickname. This is probably the fourth or fifth time 
Giolito's season is epically awful. Everyone who has owned him has been complaining. The little spurts of hope only serve to set the tables for the bowling pin to knock down your dreams again. Okay. We got three this week. One of them was Doc. So uh, I'm not going to count that on this, but the two, James Cariello and Joe O'Leary, both talking about Giolito. Nickname time, a Giolito. Person who regresses to a level of performance that we thought he had already surpassed. He's back in that, was it 2018 mode now? He's back in that worst pitcher mode. What is going on? He needs he needs an offseason, hopefully, to get it right. I do not think that uh, he gets looked at in the top 100 picks next year. I, I, I'm guessing he will be past pick 200 after this performance this season. Really? Well, yeah. He's, his ERA is terrible, and and it's confusing. How do we know? I mean, well, maybe he finishes out, and maybe he's looking good in spring, but how can you trust him to be – where you want him to be. Would you take him? I mean, I guess, I guess he'd be a good flyer in the late one hundreds, but I could see him going past pick 200. Well, I think he'll be, I think he'll be around pick a hundred. Like let me, I was going like, to say, oh, tell me, correct the same me once he had COVID. Correct like, me if I'm wrong. Mm. There's going to be something this off season that comes out. It was a mechanical thing. He's fixed or like he's added a new pitch or he did this or something, and he's gonna his draft price is gonna start inflating steadily as the offseason goes along to where he's gonna be like maybe drafted what like in like the sixth or seventh round, I feel like like by draft season. I could see that. And I mean, even well, and talking about a roller coaster uh uh today, six point one innings, one point four two ERA. You got a quality start today against Baltimore. So you don't know what you're gonna go get there and boo him. <laughs> You don't know what you're going to get from him. <laughs> or like, yeah, like imagine what if he goes the rest of the season, his next three or four starts and pitches well, where does he go then? That, I mean, it's so confusing. You, I think he would go with what he finished out at, but then you have to realize like the quality of competition in September is much lower. Teams aren't trying as hard. So there's always these outlier performances in September. So I think, you know, as we learn more, we we'll look at the first few months and, and, and I think I'm going to weigh it pretty heavily, especially after how badly Giolito has burned, uh, you know, some of my teams. So I think you got to weigh it pretty heavily. I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't done any sort of rankings, but he's got to be down there. I mean, in the rankings, he's got to be past pitcher 50 right now. I mean, next year you might have the dilemma of taking him or Sandy Alcantara. No, we. It's never going to be that question again. <laughs> Trying to have fun tonight. All right, let's get back. Let's get back. Well, to I was going to say uh, to to the point of COVID. People might say the first three outings he had in April, a two five seven ERA, then gets COVID, and then wasn't the same four one three ERA in uh, May, a seven sixty seven ERA in June. Ooh. People will say like, oh, maybe he didn't have his. You know, that threw him mm-hmm. off the rest of the season. He didn't get in the conditioning. That's what I would say if I was him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> This is true. This is true. Uh, back to Doc here for uh, for for the second slide. Uh, Lucas Giolito, he said, uh, but he also suggests Max Kepler. Max Kepler has had a steady decline since 2019, that happy fun ball era. Home run per fly ball 2019 was 18%. It has dropped to 14.5, below 13, and almost down to 9% this year. 
His hard hit percentage has dropped each year as well, 42%, 32%, 36%, down to 29% this year. And uh, I just have to say, Doc did did suggest Kepler. He also has suggested Kepler is the most likely to be caught with steroids. But his home runs are so far down, I think it looks like it has to be impossible that he'll be caught for steroids, Doc. I'm telling you, he is a cheater. Like, when it comes out, I'm going to take the biggest victory lap ever. If it never comes out, we'll all take victory laps. Well, maybe you can say that he's not hitting home runs because they've stopped him from taking steroids now. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to come out at some point. God. Next up, and uh, always, always loving Lukey's, uh, Lukey's gifts, Toy Story dropping Woody. Uh, dropping Woody uh, gif where, where he's given up on the old toy. Lukey's spitting knowledge here about Andrew Heaney. You look at Andrew Heaney since he's come back off the IL, four innings, four innings, four and two thirds, three innings, four and two thirds. He's not pitching nearly enough for a quality start, and he's not even pitching enough for a win with the pitch counts, with the fact that they really need him this year to be healthy for the September and and for the playoffs. I doubt they're going to be pushing him. If you're in a league and you need wins, I could see dropping someone like Heaney who has still given you the Ks and the good ratios because he's just not given enough innings. Uh, so good looking out, Lukey D. David recommended Cutter Crawford. Uh, he cut his heart to pieces in his playoff chances. Then Doc uh, throwing in uh, that uh, Cut my life into pieces. Uh, last resort, what is that? Uh, Papa Roach. Papa Roach, yes, yeah. Cut my life into pieces. That was pretty clever, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I made sure to mention the first cut is the deepest because I got to bring Cheryl Crow, <laughs> Cheryl Crow into this. The first cut is the deepest. That Baltimore start raises ERA from 4.15 to 5.14. He gave up three home runs. Mm-hmm. But you can take some solace. They took him out. And the next hitter hit a home run off of uh, off of uh, the relief pitcher. His next two starts are Toronto and Minnesota. I don't think you're going to be pitching him. And for some reason, the the chatter on Twitter today is Cutter Crawford playing in the outfield. For some reason, what did he play an inning in the outfield? I don't know why. Uh, so maybe the the Boston fans are just so tired of him pitching; they want him to play outfield. I'm not sure, but there was there was. There was a lot of tweets today about him playing the outfield. It's probably a Boston fan inside joke that I'm not getting, but uh, but I put it up on Bring Out Your Dead. Cutter, Cutter Crawford, get on the cart. Uh, Pablo Lopez, suggested by um, by Kelsey. Pablo, almost put on by yours truly last week. Had a good start versus Oakland his last time out. But he's given up at least four earned runs in four of his last seven starts in his next tour against the Dodgers in Atlanta. I really think Pablo's at a point where he's he's past his normal innings limit. He's starting to wear down. His performance has not been consistent of late. Dodgers and Braves next two, tough to put him out there. Kelsey also brought up Whit Merrifield. We already have a nickname for Whit. You've been outwitted. When you draft a guy you think uh, you think is going to produce, and he just doesn't. Since the Toronto trade, he has only a uh, six fifty eight uh, OPS since the trade to Toronto. Just not doing it in Toronto either. Worse than he was. He only has one steal as well since going to Toronto. Last but not least, Britain 
spitting knowledge about Taylor Ward that the the everybody's baby boy to start the season. Taylor mm-hmm. Ward has not been good since July first, hitting under two hundred, just thirty for one sixty three, five home runs. Britain not not satisfied just bringing up Taylor Ward. Also tells you go grab Joey Manessis. Joey Manessis owned only in twenty six percent of Yahoo leagues and ten percent of ESPN. Has 23 for 70 since coming up and six home runs. That performance beats Taylor Ward every day of the week and twice on Sunday. We also got uh, our boy Paul Spore, one of the uh, one of the the bandwagon leaders for Taylor Ward, jumped off this week as well. I think he's worth a drop wherever you have him. So uh, carts full. Time to take that out to the pit, y'all. Uh, I'll see you guys next week. All right, great work with the Ring Out Your Dead. A lot of people this week. Uh, I will say I looked at our buddy Lars Newtbar, who we just talked about. He had another home run today. Maybe. So further reason to add him. Too. I had him as a weekend warrior. Oh, he's fitting right in it with everything here. Um, guess how many strikeouts Cole Irvin had today? Eleven, because I was just looking at it. <laughs> Eleven strikeouts for Cole Irvin. That is bonkers. I did not think he's ever even had double digits. Seven innings, low. no earned runs. And um, wow. yeah, it's it's pretty wild. And uh, Taylor Ward did get two hits today, for what it's worth. So now that he's being talked about, he hears it. Now he's, uh, I believe the game is right now, it's still going actually, but I think he was two for three when I was looking at some box scores. Yeah, it's the bottom of the eighth. All right, let's move on then. Let's talk about our most added and most dropped players. And starting with our... uh, most added players here. Your delay, David. Thank you. Kicking off, we have Brett Beatty at in 43% of leagues. Again, these are courtesy of CBS. And he has not gotten a hit since his first three games. So he is a little bit cold right now. Only a 25% K rate, but he's definitely struggling a little bit right now with big league pitching. Mike Soroka, Ross Stripling, Lars Newbar, I think might lead the way. Uh, I just a prediction for next week's show. He's at 19% added at 33% right now, so that will definitely go up. Shea Langoliers, Jake Fraley, Austin Buff, and Eduardo Rodriguez, Marty, and Tiger again on this list here. I got to see him pitch Sunday. He looked, uh, looked pretty good. Five strikeouts, five innings. You know, we'll take it. And Marty uh, took a video of Shohei Otani warming up at the bullpen. It's on the Triple Play Fantasy YouTube channel. It's a short it has over 4,400 views already right now. So People Marty, love Otani, man. That ballpark was packed. Um, so many Otani jerseys, so many uh, just uh, different types of people at the ballpark. You know, it was just a lot of fun. Unfortunately, he had the stomach bug. He only went only, I think, four innings, the shortest outing of the season. But it was nice just to have him out there. He's a legend. He really is. The fact he's done it for two seasons now, I, I was skeptical. I thought he was only going to do it for one. It would never be done again after that. So he's he's a freak in a good way. Our most dropped players. <laughs> Kicking things off with Joey Votto, who is going to be out for the rest of the season. Dropped in 28% of the league. Same with Braxton Garrett. Dropped in 21% of the leagues. I, he's going to be out. I think he's an oblique injury. He's out the rest of the year. Paul Blackburn out the rest of the season as well. Marcelo Zuna just sucks. Walker Bueller is having Tommy John surgery. He's going to miss all of next season too. Yep. You say Kikuchi, Carlos Carrasco, and Keegan Thompson close out this list. Carrasco only because I believe they are not pushing him so that he has like, I think it's a minor injury, but he's going to no miss like three weeks. as well. 
Yeah, I think it's like three weeks, so he's not going to pitch most likely the rest of the fantasy season. But let's go back to Walker Bueller for a second. Let's have a discussion here. I know I, this is not on the like rundown here, but we have to talk. Walker Bueller, if you have him in a dynasty league, what are your thoughts? Are you like, are you concerned? Are you trying to get rid of him if, if someone gives you an offer? This is his second Tommy John surgery. He's gonna. He has. He's not gonna pitch for till twenty twenty four. I don't think I want anything to do with him. Um, how do you guys feel? Well, I mean, if you're selling him, what do you expect to get back? Oh, I, I heard. I was listening to a couple of podcasts today. Bring this up, and it was more of like if you have in a keeper league, are you making him one of your keepers? You don't make him a keeper. I think if you have him in a dynasty league, you have to hold on to him unless they're going to get value. I mean, but, uh, he's going to come back at 30 years old. I don't know. what is, is it? Yeah. He, he's, he's 28 right now. He mm-hmm. just turned 28 last month. So he comes back at 30. He's coming off his second Tommy John. Mike Clevenger, and who else has had two Tommy John surgeries? I think Justin, Wayne, Justin Verlander. Or was it Verlander? Has, hasn't Verlander had two? I think Verlander just had one. Just one. That, I'll, that I'll look it up one. while we talk here. Yeah. Um, I think what about a lot of people have had to. Yeah. He's he's going to be on an innings limit the rest of his career, though. He might be a guy that goes five, six most. Which is weird because they've had him on an innings limit, you know, the last couple of years. You know, they've always been worried about his pitches, and I mean, it's just some bodies are just meant to break. Now, from a dynasty perspective, I I agree with Doc. I mean, there's nothing you can do. You just have to hold steady. Maybe. Maybe next year, let's say if you're in it, you know, and you're mm-hmm. trying to win next year, maybe push him off for someone that can get you, you know, to that championship. But other than Absolutely. that, you got to hold him. He's definitely a nice pot sweetener on a, on a dynasty trade. Like you can be like, you can offer it someone you're not going to have next season. Just if you want to get a better return on a trade, he has value for sure, because I think he's going to be good when he returns to pitching. It's just, when is he going to be as, you know, 150 plus inning starter again is it 2024 or is it 2025 you know that's that's the question i almost wonder if he's going to be maybe in a long relief role where like he he's never going to be a starter but he's someone that pitches two or three innings kind of like what david price is doing and he's just more effective that way and and you limit his innings and you get the most out of him so this is a study this is 2015, so keep in mind this is seven years ago. But this is a study done. Um, this is by MedicineNet.com. They said there's been 33 pitchers at this at this time that had had two Tommy John surgeries. 65% of those pitchers returned to pitch in the major leagues, and of the 65%, they averaged three years or less at the major league level after the second procedure. The number of innings they pitched decreased by nearly half, and the resulting in walks rose from 4.02 to 4.79 every nine innings. Um, looking also some recent examples of pitchers that have thrived from 2020, Jacob DeGrom was on this list. Steven Strasburg at the time was on this list. Adam Wainwright and David Wells are the most well-known to have come from two Tommy John surgeries. Nathan yeah, Evaldi, and Evaldi as well. Yeah, Wainwright is still pitching well i mean it, it's not a it's not a career render but you know that those people who who are prominent those are all great pitchers what yeah. i would say is right now if you sold him this is going to be the lowest it's be or his value will be because of recency bias same thing with like fernando tatis when the suspension just happened 
you wait for the news to settle. You wait maybe for another person to get injured. You wait for the offseason during a slow time. And his value will go up some from there because the thought of Tommy John won't be fresh in people's mind. Well, again, I, I don't think at this point you're necessarily just giving him up. But I, my more, my question was like in a keeper league where you have to decide if you're going to keep him or not, are you going to hold on to him? Because no. yeah, you're, you're not a keeper league. No way. Yeah. 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 My, I was in a keeper league format where you can only keep 10 players and your roster was like 20, 24 in that format. I wouldn't because that's just, you don't have a big enough roster to have a dead spot all season. Yeah. Hopefully all the best for Walker Bueller and uh, hopefully he come back in 2024 and, and pitch to an uh, elite level. Like we've used to seeing him here. Team schedules. The Astros play five games and everybody else plays six or seven. So pretty simple for next week. Just know again, your Astros hitters and pitchers five games. So that is the crutch next week for the, uh, for the Astros. All right, let's talk some hitting streamers and let's go to doc. And why don't you go ahead and break down some good ones for us? Oh man, I missed doing this last week. First, we got to start with Mr. Alec Bowman. David, I got to say, I've been trying to find full body pictures. It's not always easy. No, you don't have to find the full body pictures. Doc. You drag it to the bottom so his pants get cut off at the bottom of the screen. It looks like it's the whole thing. Okay, all bigger. right. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get better at that in the future. But Alec <laughs> Bowman owned in 41% of the ESPN leagues. He's hit third or fourth in all 21 August games, including hitting safely in 13 out of the last 15 games. Now, I think his value is going to go up even more because Bryce Harper is set to return. So that's going to be even more protection in the lineup. The Phillies are fighting for a wild card spot, and Bohm has been one of the hottest hitters in MLB. Don't know how he's available in 59% of leagues, but I guess a lot of people just trail off when we get to week 17, week 18 in the fantasy baseball season. We don't talk about many catchers on here, but I'm going to bring up Cal Rowley, owned in 4.7% of ESPN leagues. A must, must add if you play in a two-catcher league. Over the last 11 games, a 306 average, a 1069 OPS. Seattle has six games on the road next week, and three of them are at Detroit. Sorry to say, Marty, but I think that's a that's a sweetener. And there's not really much depth. Seattle just acquired Kirk Casale from the Giants, and he's played one game in the six days he's been acquired. So even if he has to play DH some, Cal Rally, I think, was going to be playing most days. And Seattle has a pretty potent lineup. And we've we've talked about him in a lot on this show. I don't know how much more we need to say with Lars Nudbar. Owned in only 11.2% of leagues. Homered again tonight on Wednesday. Over the last seven days, three homers. Now three RBIs, or 300, three homers, um, seven RBIs, seven runs. He started the last 25 games. He's locked in for an everyday role. They traded Harrison Bader, who was on the IL anyway. But I think part of that just showed that they were confident in Newbar being a contributor for the rest of the season. Yeah, lots of love to Lars Newbar on this show. He's uh, lost half his body, but he's still a very, very good player. All right, let's go to Marty Party. And let's go to a fan favorite here, the, the two-star pitchers. So, Marty, why don't you go ahead? I, I don't remember if I had a sound for this one or not. Well, you should. It should be a sound of me scolding him. You're just all, like uh, a uh, an unimproving. <sighs> yeah. This is what this is what Marty says every <laughs> single time you cut him off with your objections. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. And on that note, uh, this is going to be for week 22. So we're heading in the, the final stretch of the season. We're always going to start with the no doubt two start pitchers for uh, next week. Carlos Rodon versus the Padres versus the Phillies. Corbin Burns versus Pittsburgh at the Diamondbacks. Max Fried versus Colorado versus Miami. Julio Urias at Miami versus San Diego. Jacob DeGoat, the Grom versus the Dodgers versus Washington. Those are your no-doubters. If you have them on your team, you're, you're loving life right now. Those are good pitchers. Now, moving on to the, yeah, why not? These are the guys that are, um, you know, you're going to start pretty much no matter what kind of league you're in, uh, starting with Ranger Suarez at Arizona, at San Francisco, Zach Gallon versus Philly versus Milwaukee, Miles Michaelis, two really good matchups here, at Cincinnati versus Chicago Cubs. George Kirby has made his way all the way up to the, yeah, why not? Uh, Mr. Kirby's been good. Uh, since July 1st, he has a 2.63 ERA with a 1.50 FIP and a 3.05 XFIP. And he's only given up 11 runs in his last 40 innings. So George Kirby um, at Detroit, at the Guardians, I like those matchups for him as well. And then lastly, Matt Manning. Hey, I, I am just as optimistic as I was at the beginning of this. He started off the day as a risky business, but after what I saw today, I actually do like what I've seen, not just because I'm a Tigers fan. I'm actually harder on them than pretty much anybody else. But uh, versus the Mariners, and then versus Kansas City. No objections so far. I hope you have hey. something questionable in the next ones. There we go. Well, <laughs> I feel you're like you're always, God, are you um, still feeling the effects of the concussion? This is a little hit. bit, but I mean, I, I agree with him so far. Sorry, I'm not just going to nitpick. Well, I was going to say, well, the risky business, I feel like, is when you usually hit your stride. So let's okay. let's see here. Um, so Pablo Lopez versus the Dodgers versus the Braves. There you go. He is finally risky business, especially with these two tough matchups. It's hard, it's hard to start. Him. saying that. Yeah. Lucas Giolito versus Kansas City versus Minnesota. Frankie Montas at the Angels at the Rays. Jose Barrio versus the Cubs at Pittsburgh. It was tough for me to put him in there. He has fallen from grace. He's got over a 5.0 XERA. It's just been a brutal season for Brio owners. Uh, Cal Quantrill versus Baltimore versus Seattle. Mike Clevenger at the Giants at the Dodgers. That one was close. I almost put him in the do not uh, do not sit or do not play at all, but I, I kept him in there. And Cole Irving, on top of his, uh, his start today, he hasn't given up. Uh, well, actually, take his start out, but uh, take today's start out. Cole Irvin hasn't given up more than two earned runs in a start since June 29th, and that was versus the Yankees. Uh, Baltimore is the 19th-ranked WRC Plus versus lefties, and the Nationals are 23rd. So if you do have Cole Irvin uh, next week, even in a shallow league, I'm, I'm pretty confident you know, in it, but it's still a little risky because the skills just aren't there, but the, uh, the, out, the output has been. So I don't know. Marty, I'm curious. Frankie Montes as a risky business. I feel like that's a yeah, why not? Like he had a couple rough outings versus the Blue Jays and Cardinals, some top tier offenses. Bad. But he's been bad. He's been but brutal. But his his last start was pretty good. I have him. I have him rostered in more leagues than I'd like to. Um, at the Angels is a good matchup. You know, for pretty much anybody right now. First Tampa Bay. That's a that's a uh, that's a tough matchup. I, you know, it's a good park, but. You're probably going to start Frankie Montas and pretty much no matter what league you have, because he's probably your second pitcher, maybe your third if you drafted well. But uh, it still doesn't take away from the fact that right now he is risky business. He hasn't been giving up a lot of home runs, I'll say that. I, I would personally put a yeah, why not? But I get your reasoning. I appreciate that, Doc. Lastly, the take of seats. These are the guys that don't play him no matter what. Dan Dunning versus Houston at Boston. Dylan Bundy versus Boston at Chicago White Sox. Zach Davies versus the Phillies and then versus the Milwaukee Brewers. Cutter Crawford at Minnesota versus Texas. Spencer Watkins at Cleveland versus Oakland. Rich Hill, Dick Mountain at Minnesota versus Texas. And Eric Fetty Oakland at the Mets. 
those are your two-star pitchers for next week. Was it me, or were there just less two-star pitchers this week than on average? There were a little bit less, and it felt great. Because <laughs> having to analyze 40 matchups every week uh, really cuts into the day. But, um, but here's the thing, and I, I go over this all the time. It's just Wednesday. Every, so this landscape, by the time mm-hmm. Sunday hits, is going to completely change. There's going to be an yeah. extra five guys on there that weren't on there, and there's going to be a bunch of guys I'm going to have to take off. And uh, as I do my fan tracks article, every single person is going to let me know if there's any type of rain delay, I'm going to get six, you know, DMs saying this guy doesn't have two starts. I'm like, well, he did when I wrote this three hours ago. That's a um, subtle brag that you're getting six DMs from your article, Marty. Wow. I said six. Yeah, that's a subtle brag. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'd be bragging if they were positive. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, they're rarely positive. I did the, um, I did two star pitchers for fantasy pros uh, till about I think till beginning of July. I I just been burnt out with a lot of other things, but I I remember the same thing. Like you, you look them up on like Thursday or whatever you you do it. I'll do it Saturday night. Like before I submit it, I'm up till like midnight, and I go over every single one of them. I have two different sources I look at. Wake up Sunday morning, someone's already in my DM saying, "Hey, just so you know, blah 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 doesn't play, you know, twice." I'm like, (laughs) yeah, it's a. But I love it. Anyone oh, who's reading the article, thank you. That's the most important thing. I That's love the right. DMs because it just gives me an opportunity to talk baseball, which is what I'm here for. But uh, it is frustrating a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Well said, Marty. I agree, I agree with both points you said. It's always a good when people are hitting you up, but it's definitely in reading your articles. But positivity, too. Positivity yeah, is good. All right. Let's talk some pitching streamers, Doc. And why don't you tell us who you think would be really good to talk about <laughs> I'm horrible today. I cannot find my buttons. Just go ahead and talk about our pitching streamers. All right. Well, the first was inspiration playing him in the home league. Mr. Jeffrey Springs owned in 44.1% of ESPN leagues over his last five starts, 26.2 innings pitched where he's had 30 Ks, seven walks. And that has some tough matchups at New York Yankees, which I know they've been a shell of themselves, but that offense can go off at any point at Milwaukee and versus Cleveland. He has four straight starts of five-plus innings and less than two earned runs, and the five innings will get you a win, which Tampa isn't always known for with how they deploy their pitchers. And he faces the Red Sox, who scored five or fewer runs in 10 out of their last 12 games. The exceptions were the 10-run outing at Baltimore last week, but Jordan Lyles pitched, so that was ex- that was uh, uh, expected, and then versus Pittsburgh. But against really good pitching, they haven't done well. The next... Mr. Nick Lodolo, and I feel like this is a David guy. Why do you say that? If it would say, you know how you said Tyler Naquin is an Eric guy? Yeah. I just feel like Nick Lodolo is a David guy. I feel like I've heard you talk about him a lot this year. I mean, I had him on my team, and we were doing a show. I dropped him instead of Aaron Hicks by accident. Okay. Well, maybe that's what I associate it with. But owned in 11.1% of ESPN leagues. He was actually on a good stretch. He had 12 straight scoreless innings prior to the sixth inning last time against the Phillies where it just kind of came off the rails, gave up four in that inning. Um, But he's had five plus Ks and five out of the last six outings. Now the big issue with him is command. He walks a lot and he's actually hit a batter in 11 out of his 12 outings this year. So that's something you do worry about, but we're picking him as a streamer because he faces the faces the Nationals in Washington. I'd be a little bit more concerned if it was in Cincinnati, but Washington's just tanking. I would feel confident playing any pitcher against them. 
And the last one is Ross Stripling, owned in 22% of the SPN leagues. It's it's crazy that he was that low. If After his two starts returning from the IL, 12.1 innings pitched, one earned, one walk, 13 case, facing Baltimore and at Boston. And since he's joined the Jays rotation in June with 12 starts, is a 2.14 ERA, a .92 whip, 51 Ks to eight walks. And the Angels have lost four straight. And with reports that the team is looking to sell, who knows if they get conservative with Mike Trout or any one of their hitters down the stretch if they're kind of nicked up day to day. Yeah, Ross Stripling has been a really nice pickup towards the end of the year. He's been a good streaming option. So I, I like all three of those, Doc. Let's go to now Marty's Weekend Warriors as we get head to a, another week. I think it's our week 20 fantasy baseball. Where's my... That is the most proper way to start off this segment. And shout out to Mike Trout, who just hit a home run. So he's uh, looks like he's getting back uh, back on track here. A weekend warrior. So for this weekend, August 26th through the 28th, uh, we're going to start here with the hitters. Uh, Evan Longoria. Yes, the Evan Longoria, who's been around baseball for about 20-plus years, or I don't even know how long, but it's a pretty long time. Third baseman for the Giants. Three games at Minnesota. So the, uh, the Giants have a rest day for Thursday, so he'll be able to take the day off. Um, relax and then be rejuvenated for the Friday, Saturday, Sunday tilt. He's only 6% rostered. And over the last week, he's batting 500 with uh, he's had a double gong his last two games. Uh, well, back to back home runs his last two games, three runs and six RBIs. So third base is very shallow right now. So if you need somebody to, to pick up, Evan Longoria can be a, a good fit for you there. Uh, number two is going to be Lane Thomas, uh, the uh, Washington Nationals outfielder, 3% rostered and they have three games versus Cincinnati. He's uh, last seven days. He's batting 360. He's uh, nine of his last 25 with two home runs and two steals. So you know if you're looking for some stolen bases, Lane Thomas could be the guy to give that to you. The uh, the Reds have the uh, they're in the top five worst uh, pitching teams in all of baseball. So expect uh, plenty of runs there. And then lastly, Harold Ramirez, uh, Tampa Bay um, Rays first baseman and outfield eligibility on Yahoo. He's 33 percent rostered. Three games at the Red Sox. He's uh, He's been on a, a tear as well. Uh, over his last 26 at-bats, he has 10 hits, and he has a home run and four RBIs. So for hitters, it's going to be Evan Longoria, Lane Thomas, and Harold Ramirez. Hopping over to the pitching. And Justin Steele, for the love of God, hit Justin Steele up. He's still only 37% rostered. He's been absolutely incredible the last couple months. More and more people are, are finally tweeting about him. He has a, he's going to be at Milwaukee, and you'll notice my first two pitchers are Cub pitchers. Um, Milwaukee cannot hit lefties, so that's a big thing there. They're the fifth-worst team in baseball versus lefties, so great matchup. Over his last 18 innings, Justin Steele has 23 strikeouts with a 1.00 ERA and a 1.00 whip. Uh, moving to the second Chicago Cub, Drew Smiley, 20% rostered, again going against the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, he, on quietly, he's had actually a pretty good year. You know, I think uh, he disappointed a lot of people in 2021 after his uh, good uh, season in 2020. But on the year, uh, Drew Smiley is eight, on 83 innings pitched. He has 71 strikeouts with a 3.47 ERA. Does a great job limiting hard contact. He rarely walks batter. So we don't, if he his biggest thing, he may not go six, seven innings. So probably I mean, he'll probably go six, but he, he won't go more than that. And again, Milwaukee is just brutal against lefties. And then lastly, Ross Stripling, we've already talked about him a little bit, uh, 46% rostered in Yahoo Leagues going against the Angels. 
the Angels are the sixth worst team in baseball versus righties this year. So Justin Steele, Drew Smiley, and Ross Stripling, your weekend Warriors. All right. Ross Stripling making a back-to-back appearance on there. So double down on the triple play love for him. Uh, All right. Let's close things out here with LC's uh, stats. What? Arts, charts, and trends. It took me a second to remember. What a day for me. Go ahead, Elsie. Take it away. All right, all right. Arts, charts, and trends. You know, you got these great recommendations from Doc and Marty. Who are you going to stream? Who are you going to pick? What happens if you can't choose between them? What happens if you have both options? That's what trends is here for. Give you a little bit of context. What I decided to look at this week is, is the team's which team should we be targeting to hit against the teams that have had high X FIPs since the trade deadline, 15 teams have an X FIP of over four. And prior to that, 14 teams posted an X FIP of over four. Now what is FIP? FIP is uh, something we throw around. It's called fielding independent pitching. There's a mathematical formula for it. I have it on the screen. It's a, it's an interesting formula. If you ever want to, you ever want to use it? It's home runs times 13 plus walks plus hit minus hit by pitch minus walks times three over strikeouts times two over innings pitched. It's an, it's a big complicated math formula. And if I remember my, uh, my math, it's, it's so what, what are you supposed to do? Parentheses first. I don't, I don't remember. Anyways, excuse my dear aunt Sally. There it is. There it is. I knew the four of us had the brain power to get this done. <laughs> so, so, so that's how FIP has worked out. XFIP just takes FIP and it attempts to normalize the home run component of it because home runs um, often are a product of the ballpark and, and, and other factors. So it, te- it attempts to normalize that. So, so when you're looking at um, teams that have been pitching since uh, since August 1st, there are 15 teams with an XFIP of over four. Now, the new teams on this list, there are, um, I think, six teams that are new to the list that were not over four prior to the All-Star break. But since the All-Star break, the Cubs, White Sox, Angels, Brewers, Yankees, and Blue Jays I think that uh, looking at this list, you can probably say that the White Sox, Brewers, Yankees, and Blue Jays will correct uh, and get better as the season wears on. I, I do still have trust in their staffs, but uh, the Cubs and Angels definitely are teams to 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 target with your with your uh, with your hitting streamers. If it's if this could be some sort of a um, of of a tiebreaker. But uh, the the most inept, what I call the season long baddies, uh, teams that have been over four before the break and since the break, there are nine of these teams: the Boston Red Sox, Cincinnati Reds, Colorado Rockies, Detroit Tigers, Kansas City Royals, Oakland A's, Pittsburgh Pirates, Texas Rangers, and Washington Nationals. Now, those teams all have been poor at pitching all season, over four XFIP all season. And those are teams that I would definitely be looking if, if, if a hitter that I'm thinking about streaming is playing one of those teams, uh, that would be a, a, a sort of a tiebreaker for me. Now, to help you on this path, I looked up the, the next few matchups for these, for these teams. 
And now if you're looking for next week, there are no teams next week that play both both of their matchups for next week are against bottom teams. None of none of the no teams for next week. But if you take the weekend of this week and at least one of the matchups of next week, there are two four teams that are playing two bottom feeder pitching teams. The Texas Rangers, uh, the Detroit Tigers, the Toronto Blue Jays, and the New York Mets. For me, Texas just came out and put 16 on the Rockies today. Texas is a team that uh, might have some good streamers for you. Again, Detroit, Toronto, and the Mets, uh, when counting this weekend and all of next week, have at least two matchups against really poor pitching teams. So so those are some teams that I would be looking as tiebreakers for uh, for if I can't decide who to pick for a hitting streamer. Um, I pick to, 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 to hit against teams like the Red Sox, Reds, Rockies, Tigers, Royals, A's, Pirates, Rangers, and Nationals. That's what I've been looking at this week. All right. The bad. And so, so that we get that instead of that's my trends. <laughs> Elsie, are you a baddie? <laughs> I'm a baddie. I'm a bad boy. I'm a bad man. You bad. Someone needs to give you old spanking. <laughs> <laughs> After hours. <laughs> that's right. Oh, boy. Wait. So, can I ask one thing before we wrap up? Yeah. Giancarlo Stanton is supposed to be activated off the IL tomorrow. There's about one month left in the season. Does he go back on the IL again? I don't think so. I think he does. You know, <laughs> what's the over under on games played? Uh, what, 14 and a half? Uh, I, I don't know if there's an actual line for it. I just, I get the gut sense that he's going to go back on the IL for something crazy. Uh, probably. I don't know. Let's wrap up there, guys. Anything you want to plug, Marty? Where can they find your article at if they want to? You talked about it before, so where where can they find it? Yeah, so you know, if you need some two start pitchers here, as always, uh, hop on to you can follow me on Twitter at Marty underscore Tallman. I will tweet it out. But yeah, fan tracks two start pitchers each week. Come come uh, come get it. LC, what uh, anything that you have coming up or thing that people should know. Just uh, remind you guys to support the show. Click like on that YouTube. Click five stars on that rating for our podcast. Share it with your friends. It's all appreciated. It all helps us. We're doing. Uh, are we still doing the fantasy football? I I saw. I did didn't catch up with the group text today. Are we still doing that thing on Friday for your uh, school? Yeah. Fantasy yeah, football. Absolutely. My kid's school. Marty, I, I I don't know if you're busy Friday. You should hop in with us if you can. I could not be more useless when it comes to fantasy football. LC is pretty useless too, but but it's gonna be fun. I'm used. David and I are giving up a Friday night to. Uh, to well, we'll be to, together. I'm gonna be at your place to commentate uh, an auction for Arts Kids School. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's nice. gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Doc. It was. Uh, it was someone. Someone bid on the auction at it. Uh, someone bid on it at a silent auction, and the winning bids fr- draft is Friday. So. So I couldn't thank these people enough for supporting my kids' school. That's that's awesome. Yeah. That is is great. I we're gonna make it uh, a hell of a draft. That's for sure. We're gonna make it entertaining and fun. Uh, Doc, anything that people should know? No, just reiterating what Art said. If you can give us a five star rating and review, follow the page. If you're not, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Those things are small, but make a really big difference to us. Uh, everything they said, you guys got to You know what to do. Uh, one thing I will say. If you guys have not checked out Harry Mack 
I've been addicted to watching his videos this week, and I'm going to share it one with the crew here right after we're done recording because they're going to be hooked too. So if you want to go down a rabbit hole of YouTube where you're going to be sucked in for hours watching a, a channel, uh, he is the best freestyle rapper I've ever heard. He is insane. Oh. Uh, so we're going to go look at that in a second. So for Marty, for Doc, for Elsie, I'm Demendi. We're going to wrap the episode up there. So just like that, wham, bam, baby, we going.